Hello and welcome to another edition of In the News. I'm your host, Crystal Carmen Stevens, and with us in studio today is Father William Weary. Father Bill, how are you today? I'm very well, Crystal. Thank you. And we welcome everybody here to the radio and to the uh, listening in on, on this show. God bless you. However you're listening, if it's on the radio, via our app, or on our website, we welcome you and thank you for listening. Father, today I'd like to start off with some very local news. I'd like to start off with Father, with uh, Bishop Sen- Sr. at St. Francis of Assisi at the food kitchen. Wasn't that wonderful? That is so, such an inspiration to see the bishop uh, doing that. That is a wonderful ministry that they have had for many decades in downtown Harrisburg. And for Bishop Sr. to jump right in there, as he did, and of course got coverage in the, in the witness, um, quite an inspiration to all. He is very, as you know, orientated toward the poor because he was very involved in Catholic charities in the Archdiocese of Philadelphia, uh, where he was before. So God bless you, Bishop Sr., for what you're doing. So for 42 years, St. Francis of Assisi has been feeding the poor of Allison Hill and uh, that section of Harrisburg, and we commend them for their work. I want to read you a uh, quote from the pastor, uh, Father Manuel Aviles, OFM. Uh, he's there. How do I say it? Is it Capuchin? A Capuchin. Capuchin. Capuchin monks that are down in residence at St. Francis. And he says, Scripture tells us that Jesus said, I came to serve, not to be served. If there is something that moves our hearts, it's serving. Father Avilas said that when you see the bishop here among us, a pastor smelling like the sheep and serving those in need, it moves your heart. Mm, beautiful. Absolutely. And the Capuchin Franciscans are very much devoted to the poor, and uh, they serve in, in parishes, uh, oftentimes inner-city parishes, where uh, there, there are many uh, ethnicities, uh, people of color, uh, people who are poor, and that's certainly being demonstrated at St. Francis in certainly, Harrisburg. Certainly so. I have great affinity for St. Francis. When we first moved to Harrisburg, uh, we lived in that area. That was our parish. I was a catechist at St. Francis, Ooh. and I just really would like people to know about that ministry that's been going on for so long. And if you have any way that you can support that ministry, I'm going to give you the number for their parish office, which is 717-232-1003. All right. So, Bishop Sr., we thank you for leading by example. Amen. We really do. All right. Actually, now I'd like to go on to one of my favorite topics, which is the rosary. And the Dominicans are having a rosary pilgrimage to the Basilica for our Blessed Mother in Washington, D.C. Oh. And I just really want to point that out to everyone. That's September 30th. It's an all-day event from 9 a.m., to um, 4.30 is when, the, is when the Vigil Mass starts, so 9 a.m. to, let's say, 5.30, 6. Mm-hmm. Um, I really just wanted everyone to know that that is happening. The Dominicans are a wonderful order, and I wanted to talk about some things that the Dominicans uh, really stand for. Um, the Luminous Mysteries. Father, how do you feel about the Luminous Mysteries? Well, I, I, I think that's added by Pope St. John Paul yes. II. Um, I, I read a little bit of a controversy, some apparently a, a little bit of a opposition to them. That, that, that It messes up the 150 Hail Marys thing, but I think it's fine. I don't see any, any problem with it. I, I, I think uh, they're, very, they're very beautiful. I love them. So for those of you who, who have an objection to the Luminous Mysteries, I want to read you the Dominican rebuttal to that 150 Psalms 
versus the 150 Hail Marys. That rebuttal is on June 17th, our Blessed Mother appeared to the three children of Fatima and asked them to add a prayer after every decade of the rosary, the Oh My Jesus, Forgive Us Our Sins prayer. So it seems that the rosary can be changed for the good of the church. Certainly. <laughs> yes. Now, my favorite thing about the Luminous Mysteries is I feel that it is, um, I'm going to steal this from Father uh, Calloway, the lightsaber ah. of the rosary. And let's, let's mention also yes. that, um, according to the story, Our Lady appeared to the founder of the Dominicans, St. Dominic. St. Dominic. And gave him the rosary, and that is, that is the legend, and uh, what a beautiful story that is. So the Dominicans are very much attached to the rosary, understandably so. The rosary is a, one of the most powerful weapons that we have as Catholics, that we have as Christians, and I heartily, heartily, heartily ask everyone to remember to pray your rosary. All right, I want to ask one, I want to talk about one more thing associated with the rosary pilgrimage. So there is a plenary indulgence for attending the rosary pilgrimage. And I want to talk about indulgences, sir, because it seems that a lot of Catholics don't understand what an indulgence is and the yes. proper use of. Right. I'm, it's one of the most, I say, the two most difficult truths of the Catholic faith to really defend and explain are uh, indulgences, number mm -hmm. one. And number two, actually, a doctrine that I love is the Immaculate Conception of the Blessed Virgin Mary. However, um, even, the, even the Orthodox are conflicted on, on that one because of her sinlessness. In any case, uh, indulgences are difficult to explain, but it's a, a remission of temporal punishment due to sin. It's basically what an indulgence is. Plenary indulgence is a, is a complete uh, remission of temporal punishment due to sin. And the, the conditions are, the conditions are that you um, go, go to Mass, receive communion within a few days of doing the actual act that is prescribed. In this case, the rosary pilgrimage. It could be, it could be um, a holy hour. A benediction of the Blessed Sacrament carries a plenary indulgence, stations of the cross, um, and uh, also prayers for the Pope, uh, one Our Father, one Hail Mary, one Glory Be, will we'll do it. And here's the tricky one, com complete detachment from all sin, mortal and venial. The person seeking the indulgence has to have that complete detachment from, from all sin. Confession as well uh, within a few days before or after the, um, the action of the uh, act of charity or act of prayer that one carries, carries out. There are uh, partial rem uh, indulgences and then in this case, as you mentioned, a plenary indulgence. So controversial, especially going back to the Reformation. We used to buy and sell them. We that don't. was my next question. <laughs> we don't do that anymore, uh, but we still have, it, it is a basic truth of the faith. Uh, we, we do have in indulgences, and, and they are uh, com commissioned and um, issued by the, by the church on the diocesan level and on the universal level as well. But even though, here's my mm -hmm. question, even though, uh, say, I bought a indulgence back in the times of Martin Luther. Mm -hmm. I still have to go, I still have had to have gone to confession. That's correct. And have to be detached from wanting to sin. Sure, and it's an invitation to spiritual renovation, to uh, to repentance, um, and to and to spiritual joy. I mean, confession is, is uh, confessing of sins and changing your life, receiving uh, the communion, all necessary. And then uh, the, the award, the reward, if you want, uh, remission of temporal punishment due to sin, which would be related, related to purgatory. Mm -hmm. So it would somehow connect in, in some mysterious way with less time, quote-unquote, in purgatory to whatever extent there is uh, time 
you know, in purgatory and, and in, in the next life. There, there are different categories of, of time, and I could go into that right now, but it would be a little bit too much. That's all right. That's yeah. okay. I, I just wanted to do a brief overview just for our listeners. And uh, you can always look and study this for yourselves. I'm a big proponent of uh, self-learning. All right, so I would like to talk about next. Let's talk about, you. Were, we were discussing Ghana. Mm-hmm. Well, what, what's happening here, and this is an article by the Population Research Institute. Steve Moser is the founder and the, the president, and uh, he watches out for this sort of thing. He's a very devout, very devout Catholic, a convert, I believe, and the uh, bishops' conference, the president of the bishops' conference, is speaking out about the visit of Kamala Harris in April to Ghana, and the subtle uh, implications that Ghana could lose hundreds of millions of dollars in United States taxpayer dollars if they don't promote abortion and the pro-LGBTQ agenda. Uh, John, uh, Joseph Biden's um, NSC spokesman John Kirby last April said that quote LGBTQ Rights are a core part of our foreign policy. You get that? So, th- therefore, uh, as the United States decides uh, what countries get what aid, they're going to be in, they're going to be looking at that, and the country has to be promoting uh, those Western values. In an interview with Catholic Trends, the Bishop um, Matthew, I'm not sure I'm pronouncing his right, Guyamfi, a uh, president of the Bishops Conference of Ghana. I said, turn that money down, and he's he's talking, he's speaking to the the government, and I'm quoting, I believe in this. I speak on behalf of most Ghanaians. We don't want anybody from outside our community to come and tell us what human rights are. We know our human rights. They have their rights. Let them have their rights. We are not challenging them on that. That is to say, people in the in the West and and, and our opinions on on human rights. But by no means, I'm quoting again. But by no means should they come to Ghana, uh, be they president or vice president, come and tell us what we should do. They have no right to do that. Yeah, it seems like an economic, like, colonialism. It is. That's a very good, good way of putting it, uh, sort of an economical colonialism. And um, it, it's, it, people don't know that this is going on. This is, it's, it's subtle. It's behind the scenes. Uh, the bishop is saying this is changing our, our culture. I'm very concerned about that in the developing world. And sub-Sahara Africa is a, is a target for imposing these Western values um, on, on the people for two reasons. Uh, number one, uh, they are uh, the, the growing population. It is the only continent that still has a growing population, while at the same time having the fastest growing Catholic Church. Yes. In the world, yes. Sub-Saharan Africa, so uh, the European Union and the United States and other Western countries are really targeting uh, that ge- geographical area and and trying to impose these Western values on them in contradiction to their culture, and 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 uh, connecting dollars to it. That's hundreds of millions of dollars in aid to a developing country. In all honesty, can they afford to say no? That's a good question. Uh, and there will be tremendous uh, pressure on, on, on a country to change its values and to cooperate with these and to promote LGBTQ agenda and, and abortion and contraception. And uh, But the bishop is saying here, um, it may be easy to say, but he's saying do not, do not accept the money. How do we as Americans, how do we contact, uh, who do we contact to, to tell them we don't agree with I this? I would say, you're, yeah, contact your senator, your, your um, uh, House of Representatives, 
uh, your representative in the um, Congress and uh, and the Biden White House as well, which is really driving this. So, it is elections. Elections are coming up. Your voice will be heard a lot louder. That is that is true. And to inform yourself, also Population Research Institute is a very very good source on this whole sort of international morality, if I can put it that way. And they were first founded to out the Chinese one-child abortion policy. And Steve Moser was beating the drum on that when nobody else was. And a policy that has since been backtracked on by the Chinese government. They, they go back and forth on it, but I think there has been considerable backtracking oh. because they're, they're, they're sort of approaching a demographic winner right now. Exactly. Well, they, that was not true in the past. Uh, one of the most populated countries in the world, and it still is, but uh, the, they're, they're a little bit concerned now about the lowering uh, population rate. All right. So, Father, on that note, we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back after these messages. Welcome back to In the News. I'm your host, Crystal Carmen Stevens, along with Father Bill Weary here in studio. Uh, Father, in our last segment, we were talking about Ghana in sub-Saharan Africa. Mm-hmm. Now I'd like to go up a bit to um, northern Africa, and I would just want to remember uh, the floods that happened in Libya. Uh, the Pope called for solidarity with our brothers and sisters there, and I just wanted to take a moment to maybe have a little history moment and remember that uh, we have very deep ties. Yes, we do. Northern Africa was largely Catholic up until the uh, approximately 7th century, well, from uh, 300 legalization of Christianity um, uh, on. It's the land of uh, St. Augustine Mm -hmm. of Hippo, uh, St. Athanasius of Alexandria, Egypt, uh, and many many saints. Um, No longer it's all Islamic now, but we do have a connection. You're so correct there. Um, And uh, first of all, Islam is monotheistic as we are. But the, these floods were, were terrible, and this is where the, the concept of the global village really comes home to roost. And we are all in this you know, ship called planet Earth together, and I, I think it's wonderful when we, when we reach out to, to these people, the Pope speaks out ab- about it, and that there is this international concern. We prayed in my parish church for, for Libya, and... So people are coming together on this, and hopefully they'll be able to turn this around. You had some thoughts about um, the climate change versus uh, some human um, input here. I do indeed. I do indeed. Um, So since uh, 2014, Libya has been in a big civil war, and it's resulted in two governments. A ceasefire was signed in 2020, but that has not stopped the war from happening. And... I, they've not been able to keep up with their infrastructure because one side keeps blowing up the other side's roads and one side keeps blowing up the other side's uh, dams. So bad things happen. And I want to talk about, we want to blame things like this on climate change. And I think humans have to take responsibility for the destruction that we do on a very large level. Well, you know, no, uh, w- nobody wins with war. No. Uh, that's, that is so true. And this is an example of that, and it's probably a combination of one-two punch of, of, the, of the climate and, and the human uh, fault a, as well. And you know, the peace efforts are so, uh, are so important to do. Uh, uh, people kind of laugh at the United Nations, but boy, if we did not have it, uh, they laugh because it seems like a toothless tiger. Nevertheless, what the United Nations provides is, is dialogue and uh, calling people to accountability. And, exactly. And, uh, with things like the, the, the civil war and the Ukrainian situation 
as well. And uh, we, we need that accountability, uh, even, even if there's no enforcement uh, power v- v- very much. But uh, just riffing off of what you're saying, you know, to uh, confront these, the, these conflicts and to point out, you know, the, the terrible devastation that it does for people. And it's so important to come to the negotiation, to the, to the dialogue table, to the diplomatic table, and to, uh, and to interact and to talk. Uh, your way to peace. Yes, because we must remember that for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. That's right. Yeah. Uh, So I just want everybody to pray with Pope Francis as he has asked us all to pray for those people who are affected by this tragedy. Uh, Pope Francis did willingly invoke the divine blessings of consolation, strength, and perseverance to those affected. Amen. Amen. All right. So we're moving from there. And now we're going to come back home to Perry Coman County school district in which on Friday the uh, students staged a walkout because the school board has not enacted a uh, measure that made transgender students use their biologically correct bathrooms. So the students took it onto their own hands to protest. Yes, and that is a definitely an inspiration to see young people you know, adhering to, in this case, traditional values and it certainly is a, a, a mess, and the, uh, especially on the part of the girls concerned of, of guys in the, in the girls' bathroom who have supposedly uh, changed over their, their genders. And there, has been some, there have been some reports of assaults going on. Uh, and uh, so certainly this, this walkout is, is very significant. And everybody should take notice that young people, young people are objecting to this. Yeah, of course they are. Yeah, it's not just uh, the oldsters. I remember being in high school and how traumatic it was just to take showers with just girls. I can't imagine (laughs) (laughs) being boys in there, too. Yeah, so uh, I don't know where that's going to go. This is a real split, I mean, in in society. And uh, I just, uh, it's hard to to deal with this um, because there's a lot of shaming going on for those of us who object to uh, the the transgender agenda? Uh, we are oftentimes put down and persecuted, white martyrdom. I, I call it. Uh, we love all we love all human beings, and the Pope has definitely you know reached out to the LGBTQ community, and and and, and sort of extolled their their humanity. Said said very very nice things to them and received them in, in audience. I think his is a good example to follow. Uh, because he's, I think he's basically adhering to the doctrine, you know. Uh, even though he's n- not always real clear about it, uh, the word chastity doesn't. I don't think I don't know if it ever come out of his mouth. Uh, never, nevertheless, push comes to shove, he does hold he does hold the line. But he he values he, all of these LGBT yes. people um, as adherents, uh, all in the in the movement as. As human beings who are deserving of God's love. Yeah, I did a little research here. So in uh, in Perkiomen uh, School District, there's 4,993 students, K through 12. Okay, so there's 5,000 students through the whole school district. All right, by the CDC's own admission, 1.4% of children 13 through 17 um, think that they're LG, think that they're transgender. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you take all the kids in the whole school district from K through 12, that's still only 70 kids. Mm-hmm. Why are we bending over backwards 
for such a small percentage. It's the mentality of the underdog, and that's big in American, modern American society, that uh, the, the, the minorities are, you know, are to, are to be upheld and protected and, and loved because they're marginalized, and you know, that's, uh, that's not good, and they um, you know, can have all kinds of psychological problems. That, that, that's, I'm playing devil's advocate here. That's, well, that's why you know, for 70 people were uh, jump, jumping through hoops and bending over, bending over backwards. But you know, from the Catholic standpoint, we, we do know that the mutilation of the body is is, is serious sin. Serious. Um, and uh, we were made male and female, Book of Genesis, and we we have to adhere to that. Somebody once said, you know, uh, they the Pope has said, you know, God loves you the way you are, and others in the transgender movement are, are you know, God loves me the way I am. Well, the way you are was you were once male, stay male. You were once female, stay male. God loves you the way you are. Uh, and to uh, change over is, uh, you know, very, very traumatic for the body and, and for the soul, I would say, as well. People would very vehemently disagree with me on that. I, I know that. Uh, and nevertheless, we have to uphold uh, God's law and God's creation as he has created it. If the majority of uh, minors are telling you that they don't feel comfortable about something, mm -hmm. should they not be protected because they're minors? That's, that is correct. I mean, especially as, as minors, there, there should be strong laws against uh, this surgery and, and the chemical injections as well. And it, it just should not, I don't think it should be permitted but at all. Even in school, which is supposed to be a safe place, should I be psychologically traumatized at 14 walking in on uh, a guy in the bathroom or a guy in the bath walking in Sure. When I'm in the restaurant. Yeah, well, I, I think it'd be a normal traumatization. I think uh, definitely to see somebody of the of the, of the opposite sex there, uh, even though a trans, you know, tra transgender. I mean, as a woman, that's like a seriously vulnerable place to be. Oh, is yeah. the is the restroom? That's right. You know, and I just don't understand why this is an argument and why this is a fight. Well, I don't know how it's I don't know how it's going to play out. As I said, it's a big split in it seems a big split in society. But you've also pointed out the the, the small numbers. Yeah. Uh, nevertheless, the voices, you know, advocating for this are, are very strong, and the media, uh, social media, and news media, are very, very much, you know, promoting this. You know, I went on the website and I looked at the uh, pvsd.org school board, and I looked, and it's predominantly women, and I, I don't understand why they are pushing forth this agenda so drastically. Well, it's certainly a wake-up call for them, with uh, hundreds of students walking out. Yeah. So we'll, I, we'll see how that plays out. All right. I want some good news now, Father. Oh, good. All right. Ronaldo. Ronaldo, world-renowned soccer player. Ronaldo. On how the, about it? Yeah. On the World Cup team for Brazil in 1994 and 2002, has become a Catholic at the age of 46. Baptized. Baptized. That is wonderful. I have a quote here from him, and he says, that Today is a very special day. I've been baptized the Christian faith has always been a fundamental part of my life since I was a child, although I had not yet been baptized with the sacrament. I feel regenerated as a child of God in a more conscious, deeper way. How about that? What a great uh, inspiration to, to young people. Yes, and he put that out on his Instagram uh, page, which has almost 30 million followers. Yes, that's right. And it, uh, to me, it's always wonderful when celebrities, not too many of them, but actors, uh, actors and, and singers uh, uh, come, come out as Catholic, come out as, as uh, out of closet, so to speak, in, in a good way. And I'm, I'm thinking of Mark Wahlberg, uh, an, an actor. Of course, mm -hmm. Jonathan Rumi, 
who's the lead in The Chosen, playing Jesus Christ, and uh, Lady Gaga, believe it or not. What? Is a, yes. Is, Did not know is, that. Is a Catholic. Um, and um, Patricia Heaton, who was the wife in Everybody Loves Raymond, mm -hmm. also, also very devout Catholic. Um, Gary Sinise, who was, uh, who was the, uh, in um, Forrest Gump. Yeah. And he played the, mili uh, the military of man. Of Mice and Men. Yeah. Yes. And so, uh, and they're all, they're all practicing Catholics. Uh, Martin Sheen. Oh, definitely. Is, is another one. And so that's, that's great. And I, and I make use of that in homilies and all that, that, that uh, there are celebrities who are on our side and are embracing the faith. And this soccer player, what a, what a great uh, thing. I'm giving a talk tomorrow at the education conference about the title is Making Difficult Catholic Truths Attractive to Students or at least trying to. And one of the, one of the points I'm going to make is, is, is the celebrities, I'm going to ma mention this yes. soccer star, that we uh, teachers can bring this stuff out in the classroom and bring kids on board. And then the modern day soccer star, Cristiano Ronaldo, uh, he plays for Saudi Arabia right now and also for uh, Brazil. Uh, he was playing a game in Brazil, scored a goal, made the sign of the cross in did, Saudi Arabia. Did he really? Yeah. Yeah, and so, you see that on the baseball field and the that's baseball heroic. diamond and at, at times. And uh, and I think it's good seeing a prayer, you know, be, be, uh, in high school before and after the game. I know that can be controversial as well. Sure, it can be, and but they do it, professionals do it. There you go. You know, so, Father, this has been a wonderful chat. I thank you for it. Can you, you please close us out with a prayer? In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord God, Heavenly Father, fill us with your grace, your peace, and your light. By the power of your Holy Spirit, touch us in heart, mind, body, and soul. Raise us up in union with your Son's resurrection. And may Almighty God bless you all. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to In the News. I'm your host, Crystal, Crystal Carmen Stevens, with Father Bill Weary and our wonderful producer, Joe Nevistinsky. We'll look forward to chatting again with you next time.